Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. And tonight... Tonight we're going to talk about when to know how to step back when you're a step-parent. Okay. When you're feeling very overwhelmed. Um, When your children are noticing different treatments and that's having a hard relationship. Like it's creating relationship issues. With you and them. Different treatments at like another household or... Within the household. Within our own household. Yep. Dealing with being the outcast in your significant other's family. Hmm. We've talked about that a little bit before, but we're going to revisit. And then when your 18-year-old stepchild, adult, is unmotivated to do anything... (laughs) Excuse me. I'm laughing. I kind of had this conversation today with um, an agent that I was with, and she has a son who she's like, you have a truck, you have a school, you have things that you need to do, yet you don't have a job, your priorities aren't straight, you just straight piped your truck, but you have not smogged it yet. (laughs) We live in the beautiful land of California kids getting their priorities straight so i can relate with that i uh, had the conversation on it today um before we get started though you guys we are going to be taking what do you want to take one one week off we're gonna take a one week break but it's not because hey we need a break it's because we we broke the news to you guys last week we have a new studio that is almost set up almost ready to go we're going to take one week to dial this thing in for you guys and just come out with better content. We're going to produce a little better. We're going to produce a little bit cleaner. Um, we are still going to be doing live recordings, but not at the same scheduled time. And it's not going to be open to just anyone. We're going to tell you guys how you can get on that. Follow us on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We're going to tell you guys about it. Um, we're going to be starting another account that's going to be exclusive um, to some people. And again, we'll tell you how to get in on that. So find us on The Blended Life on Facebook, on um, YouTube, on Instagram, uh, you know, whatever the easiest way is, find us on our website, write us in an email, and one of us will let you know how to get in on that. We'll be talking about it. So one week we'll be out. We'll be back on Thursday the 13th of, I don't even know what month it is. (laughs) It'll be May (laughs) 2021. Yeah. Are we still releasing the same time? Um. Thursdays we'll talk it? about that. It'll be Thursdays. <laughs> well, so so right now we don't actually have a set time because this we, is like we're giving no one any notice. It's just like this boom, is the very drop last it on live. Their lap. This is the very last 
live that we are doing at this date and time on YouTube and Instagram. That's all. Yeah, but there will be I a mean, way that you can watch. Uh, you know, we're just we'll still have our we're still doing our podcast yep. weekly. You'll still be able to listen to it on. Yep. Whatever site you're listening to it on, you'll still be able to go to YouTube if you just enjoy our shit show of a show. <laughs> um, you, you can watch it if you're so inclined. We're going to try to tighten it up a bit for you guys. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, We'll do try. our kegels. Ke- yes. Yes. We're going to freaking Benoit the show. Here we go. So. Anyways. Um, but yeah, it'll be better and it will be, I think, um, for those of you who really want to get to know us and interact with us. We're going to give you new ways to do that. That is, um, I think, more useful and more meaningful and not just so arbitrary. Yeah, it's always been just kind of a fun thing that we've been doing. Um, yeah. And then one more quick thing before oh we get gosh. started. Julie is now a certified oh. health and life coach. <clears throat> That's so congratulations. True. I'm very, 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 Thank very you. proud of you. You've worked so hard for this. It wasn't like, hey, I'm just going to go sign up for some 90-day class and get a certificate like you no. have worked your tail off day night week weekends holidays all of this to get this so that is going to be one more thing that you know again we've talked about but it's going to be coming for all of you guys to utilize and um get a little bit more seat time with julie who's going to be able to help you through yeah. your adventures of blended families and parenting and health and life in general i mean you are truly gifted when it comes to this thank you you've gotten that you know feedback from um clients that you've worked with so far and um, I'm excited to see this go but that's something else that we're going to be offering to you guys so stay tuned for that again if you're just like I can't wait to get started on this find us on all the social media Instagram Facebook write us an email whatever yeah and just for our listeners because you're you're special to us we we love all of everyone who writes in and interacts with us in all all of our platforms but um Along with the life coaching, I am currently writing a 90-day program on how to transform your step-parenting life. So if you're ever interested um, in engaging in a 90-day program, it's you meet with me once a week for 12 weeks, an hour a week for 12 weeks. One-on-one. One-on-one. And we dive into to step-parenting transformation. Um, and it's, it's going to be pretty powerful. I'm so excited about it. Um, but that is something that you can reach out if you're interested in, um, getting on the books for that. I don't know how quickly spots are going to fill up. And it doesn't matter where you're located. This is going to be via zoom, via phone call, um, you know, whatever platform in person, if you're local, yeah, whatever's most convenient for you. So all the ways, but it is something that is a very big struggle for all of us. Step parents, step parenting is not easy. Um, it feels like we are always in some kind of crisis mode. Um, and so but I think we can do better, and I think we can help ourselves and be empowered to be better. Um, so I believe that, and I believe that we can do both. We can look after ourselves and show up for our families, both. So we're going to explore that. If you're interested, you can hit me up or write in. Eric will answer if you're on YouTube and writing in. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Thanks. All right. Well, All right. 
Seven minutes in, let's do this. <laughs> All right. How to know when to step back and let go of trying to grasp for control as a step parent. And I'm going to read everyone who we are talking about tonight has written in. These are real people with real situations. And if you would like to have your situation talked about or advice or perspectives or even just have us read it so you can tell your spouse, hey, I listened to this podcast <laughs> and there's this really like, it's, what it's do you think? It's the same thing. Yeah, it's a lot. They give good uh-huh. advice. And again, you guys are always use anonymous. Us. You're always anonymous. So um, whether using names or not, if you're writing right. into us, we're not going to we're not going to drop the dime on you. But so you can use it. You can always use it. And um, it's a great way to spark conversation and and even listen to it together as like a neutral third party. We have no vested interest in. I have this idea. We should listen to a podcast. This looks like a good episode. Wow. (laughs) It aligns exactly with what we've got going on. These people are awesome. I just gave them a thumbs up, a subscribe, and a good review. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Um, Our blended family is my fiance, myself, my son, who is almost six, and my fiance's daughter, who just turned five. The kids are eight months apart. We have my son 100% of the time. It's important to keep that in mind, I feel, in my opinion. Okay. So her son 100% of the time. Um, And because his father passed away when he was only three. Oh, that's too bad. My stepdaughter is with us Fridays through Monday nights. She is beautiful, sweet, kind, and a silly girl who openly Mm. adores me and yet I just can't seem to make that connection with her. She, is, she has some troubled behavior and is very emotional and sensitive, I think due to the fact that she's back and forth between the houses and her mother's house is not as stable as ours. I want to be here. I want to be there for her, especially for that reason, but I just find myself more and more wanting to disengage. She's supposed to be starting kindergarten in September, and I took it upon myself to speak to her mom and try to get her mom on board to send her to the same school as my son since we live in two different towns. At this point, I'm wondering if I keep fighting for that with my fiancé or just step back and let him handle it on his own. We want her to go to the same school as my son so the kids have each other And so they can ride the bus together, things like that. Plus, her friends and cousins go there, too. And it is a much smaller school than the city school she would be going to if she went with her mother. The times that we have my stepdaughter, I find myself more and more stressed, not even enjoying my time. It feels like it's always your kid versus my kid. Granted, we have good days when the kids play very well together and enjoy each other's time. But we are just having a hard time blending, and I'm having a hard time stepping back and not taking control of things, or stepping back and not controlling things, and not helping out. But then when I do that, I regret not stepping in, not taking control, and not helping out because I put so much stress on myself. I'm at such a loss. I never thought stepping back was a good idea. I always thought it was best to blend in both being there for both kids and splitting responsibilities, especially since my fiance is the only father figure for my son right now. (laughs) Now, but I just find it harder and harder lately to connect with my stepdaughter and enjoy the time we have with her. 
On the other hand, I want to be there for her, and I feel like I should. I want to be the positive role model for her and bond with her, but at the same time, I just don't want to deal with the stress it causes me. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Gosh, that, I mean, you know what? It it sounds like it's a whirlwind of emotions. Yeah. But also, I'm thinking about this as you're talking the whole time, and it's like, this is an unusual situation, but it's not, you know, I feel like a lot of our blended families go through the same sort of thing, these same sort of emotions. Um, so first thing I would let her know is that you're not alone. Like this isn't an abnormal feeling to have, to not be able to connect with your stepchild right off the bat. Now, granted her stepchild is still very young. What'd she say? She was five years old, you know? Um, that's that's not uh it's not too late to connect you know five years old sounds like the sounds like her stepdaughter has gone through a lot is probably going through a lot and um you know at least she's taking the time and the effort to reach out a bit she's reaching out to um her bio mom to um you know talk about schooling and you know obviously she's writing into us she's making efforts she's she's looking for a solution so i think realizing that you're not connecting and trying all the ways is definitely the first place to start. You know, Mm -hmm. she's doing it. Yeah. I think it's definitely different when one kid lives in the household 100% of the time. And then one kid goes back and forth. For sure. I was talking with someone about an hour's baby um, our baby <laughs> aren't you holding him right now yeah Hello, no but pop, like pop. having an hours baby when you have because we we were talking about different baby daddies and and what that would be like and I was telling her like even if Eric and I if you and I decided to have an hours baby how confusing is that for the kids because how confusing you, is that for me yeah <laughs> But like you have one set, of, you have both sets of kids going back and forth between homes, and we have all that co-parenting issue, right. And rules and how right that affects, and then you have an ours baby who stays put, and then you and I are parenting that kid differently, right? We would parent that kid differently than your son gets parented or my kids in our home gets parented. Yeah, and so that is just a ball of confusion. So I always think when. When you have a kid who stays put and then you have a kid that goes back and forth, it definitely creates its own situation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's own like dynamics where, you know. Yeah. 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 Kids are going to get treated differently. Some kid, one of the kids is going to be extremely comfortable, whereas the other kid has to adjust each time, you know. Well, even for the step parent, you know, you can't like you. One kid stays put, so that's just your normal. The other kid comes in and out, and it is a disruption to you, to the family life. Like, it it disrupts the norm, and that's not bad. It just is a reality, and that is really, really hard. It's really hard when you have your time and your schedule and things with your kid all ironed out, and your relationship is one way, and then a child comes into the house and it shifts everything, right? The dynamics change and that's for everyone. This isn't because a child's bad or not. It's just when you live normal life and then you have a person entering it and leaving it, 
everything in the house shifts and people don't really understand that. Like your marriage dynamic shifts when kids come and go of your house, like how you do life together with your spouse changes a little bit, how much you see your spouse changes a little bit, how you talk to each other, the problems that arise, the frustrations that arise changes when kids come and go. Same with the kids in the household. You know, kids might find it's easier when the other kids aren't around. It's just quieter. It's not, you know, there's no drama. Well, and the, the attention's on them more. You know, they get one-on-one right. on one attention that they so, wouldn't necessarily get. Right. And so you can't, if you're in a blended family and you have kids coming back and forth, chances are that in and of itself isn't going to change. Like, that just is what it is. So it's about acceptance. Like, you know, accept what you can't change. You know, figure out how to, you can exist in that situation and be the healthiest version of yourself. So it is trying to find how you fit into that, that makes you show up for your family being the best version of yourself possible. Does that make sense? Makes sense. So I think people spend a lot of time wishing things were different. Yeah, the grass is always greener on the other side. Well, it's just, it's not a fruitful way to spend your time. And what it does is when you just sit there and wish things were different, or you sit there and you're operating out of a place of negativity and deprivation, right? Like, I'm just deprived of the life I want. I miss my peace when the kid isn't here. Um, it dis- It's disruptive. And if that's how you spend your time, that is how you're showing up for the family, You know, if you can flip the script and start spending the time like this woman who wrote in starts off her email saying how wonderful this child is. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's She's sweet. She's kind. She's silly. Like if you can just remind yourself and all the gratitude you have for having a stepdaughter that is all those things, you know, having a stepdaughter that adores you. That is amazing. And good for her for recognizing that stuff. You know, a lot yeah. of parents don't recognize that stuff in their stepkids, you know. And, right. And the, the good qualities. They always, yes. we always can pick out the negative qualities about our, about our stepkids, you know. Uh, there's always the negative qualities there. But this lady starts out with the good qualities. And right. like, good for you. Like, that's, that's right. where we should all be starting. And I think that's what you have to let reign in your life. Not that there's not going to be hiccups and hard times, but if you're, it needs to be the rule that that's how you view her, you know? And then also, yes, back off of the school thing, right? Like let the parents figure it out. It is their job. It is their responsibility. You don't need to stress about that. And ultimately it's their responsibility to decide how this how your stepdaughter is getting to and from school, but that is their right as parents to decide that. It really isn't your right as a step-parent to decide what you want for your stepdaughter. Yeah, now if you and your husband have this conversation and you're like, this is what we think that we should do, um, have that conversation, but at the end of the day, let your husband relay that to bio mom and let them ultimately decide on it. I feel a lot of times... This day and age, um, one side, one family, you know, like you and I, for instance, would decide the fate of, say, my kid and your stepkid, and we're just going to implement it, completely cutting out the other, the the other bio parent, you know, and 
at the end of the day, that's completely stepping on toes. Like that's, it's only half, it's only half of what should be done. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, Well, and I think that what happens too, you put yourself out there, you know, you put yourself on the line by reaching out to the, to the, to the bio parent. And if you're the step parent, like this woman did, you reach out to the bio parent. You're like, I'm going to take control. I am going to reach out. I'm going to try to fix this. And then when things don't go your way, it's 20 times worse than if you had just never said anything. And you know, it's kind of like the risk you take, right? Like things, you have no power, (laughs) You have no say. You have, you have, no, have no control. You, like you d- really don't even have any negotiating. No, like, you know what I mean. It's all it's mm-hmm. all hopes and dreams, truly. Because yep. anything they want to say no to or want to do, like at the end of the day, like you have zero say in it. The only way you mm-hmm. have say in this is if you talk to your husband and you and him agree on something that he's going to take to the table. Because at least then. He, at least then there's some power there. <laughs> but at the end of the day, us as step parents, like you have no say. We're worthless. Well, you just are <laughs> you have no power. Right. And so when you get denied something you really want, that feels bad in any area of life. If you really want something and you have really good reasons for why you want this and you like present <laughs> this and it gets shot down, I don't care if you're a kid, an adult. <laughs> there's a lot of people in jail for this. <laughs> But when you really want something and it doesn't happen, it feels bad and it deteriorates relationships. And so it is kind of like guard your heart. You know, don't put yourself out there and try to take control of a situation you have no control over. It's counterintuitive. It's going to shoot you in the foot. So I think that that adds to the stress here. It adds to the upset And it is about staying in your lane. Like, you know, step parents, in my opinion and my experience and being a stepchild my entire life, right? I was a stepchild since one years old. So I know no life that's different. But having been a stepchild in that relationship with two households and now a step parent in co-parenting life, like when you try to control a situation you have no control in, it is draining of every ounce of energy you have and you live your life disappointed you live your life no energy you're stressed out you're beating your head against a wall and I think as step parents sometimes it's okay to brush your hands together and be like I'm out you two figure it out let me know how I can support you If I'm available to help with rides, I'm more than happy to. If I'm not, you two figure out how to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't make you, that is honoring the parental roles, you know, if both parents are present and accounted for and actually co-parenting. Let me reel that in a little bit, though, because if you're like, I'm done, I'm out. You get all weird about that. I'm just saying, like, I do. it's not... If, when you're investing yourself so much that you're a miserable person, no, of course, I'm be saying done. I'm saying for that aspect of it, but you're talking about like the rides and everything. You know, you you put in like, how can I support? How can I help? Yeah, but I'm like, at the end of the day, show up for your family. Doesn't mean you have to show up for the other parent. Doesn't mean you know the the the, the other family parent, um, the other bio parent, but show up for your family. You know, how can I? How can I help with rides? Just because you're out of the conversation doesn't mean that you have to be out of 
the step parent role. It doesn't mean that you have to be out of the family. Just because you're out of the um, decision making. Decision making. So you just get told what to do. Yeah, but we're step parents and you're going to do the same thing. And it doesn't mean that you need to be told what to do because then you have a dictatorship within your household. You're still an equal to the other parent within your household. You're still just as powerful and um, your voice matters just as much. Right. In your household with your husband or your wife. But that's what wife. I'm saying. Like, you let me know how I can support you if I'm able to. Right. You know, if I have a job and I can't give rides, then right. you guys will have to figure it out. Yeah, but... It, but but also, let me know. Right. But I'm also like, if, if you're willing to move around schedule because you have a job that's able to be, you know, and you would do something like this for your own kid... Like, I feel like us as step-parents, and my, maybe not everyone feels this way, but me as a step-parent, I'm like, if I'm willing to move around my schedule to make time for my own bio kid, me as a step-parent, I think I need to do this for my, I need to show up for my wife and do this for my stepkids as well. That's the way that I show up to our family. Just because it's not my kid doesn't mean that it's 100% not my problem. That's me showing up for my family. That's me showing up for mm -hmm. my wife. And, you know, yeah, I don't have any power. I don't have any say in the, in the, in the thing. But that's kind of how we swallow sand a little bit. And we take, we take one for the team a little Swallowing bit. Swallowing sand one grain at a time. I mean, really. But at the end of the day, we kind of, being a step parent, you have to learn to take one for the team every so often. And if yep. that means rearranging your schedule to make it convenient because your spouse just can't do it, then so be it. Like being a step parent is not all cakes, candy, unicorns, and pies. Like, no, it's it is a really not. hard it's a, job. It's a struggle, and it's something that there is a lot of bending over backwards for. And I and I think that's at the end of the day, I think that's why there's a seventy percent failure rate because everyone thinks the next time around, I've learned my lessons from the first time. It's going to be so much easier this next time around. Mm -hmm. And when we get into it, it's like, damn, this is actually a lot harder. I learned my mistakes. I made, I made, I'm a little better at things here, but there's all these new challenges. Being yep. a step parent is so challenging compared to being a bio parent. I now have no say in what my stepkid does, you know, where they go no to school, say, what yeah. their education is, uh, medical, uh, stuff, medical, friends, all, activities, all of it, where, all the junk, know. all yeah. the junk. So when, I, and then all of a sudden, you get that in your mind. You're like, all right, well, I'm out. You just let me know where you need me. Yeah. I think there's too much of that. I think people are taking that I'm out and they're, they're going too far with it. Yeah. Where it's like, you know what? I'm out of this conversation, but I'm here to support you. I'm here just because I don't have this conversation one-on-one -on -one with the other parent mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I have to be out of the conversation within my household. Right. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that Step parenting burnout is a real thing, and that is what leads to people leaving. What about bio parenting burnout? <laughs> like, I think I've been closer to that than I have step parenting burnout. Let's just put it that way. Um, step parent burnout because you feel like you have all the responsibility but none of the power. That is a really hard place to exist in. And so I'm making the point that sometimes it's okay to step out of a situation for your own sake so that you're not letting 
roots of bitterness and resentment grow up because what happens is if you have bitterness and resentment that grows, that's what separates you from your spouse, from your stepkids. And you just and have ultimately, a toxic relationship. Right. Yeah. So if you need to do this for a minute and be like, figure it out, let me know I can't be involved, it's too upsetting. Right. If rather that than leave the family. Right. For oh, for sure. You know, so sure. I think that it's okay to protect your heart. It's okay to step back. It's okay to take pressure off and it's okay to know what your limitations are. You know, I think step parents are expected to do everything, you know, and have absolutely no gratitude, have absolutely no say, have absolutely no power, but show up for the family. You're supposed to do it all and care as much and show up for the family, but no, you get no say. You're just going to get told how it's going to be. And that's a really hard place to exist in. And so it's important that you're making sure that you're figuring out how you can still show up and be the best version of yourself. And I promise you, if you're burnt out, stressed, bitter and resentful, that is not showing up for your family in the best, being the best person that you can be. And that will affect your marriage. That will affect your step parenting. And it will even affect your parenting with your bio kids. When you're a bitter, resentful, burnout mom or dad, how are you going to parent? Your parenting looks completely different is it than if you're, you know. The best possible virgin you can be. Yeah. So I think it's okay to find out when you need to step back and you know, de-stress and maybe you have a talk with your husband. Like I just am feeling burnt out, babe. And I don't want to be done. So we need to figure out how to do things differently so that I don't feel so stressed out so that I can be a good wife, a good mom and a good stepmom. Cause that's important too. My little burnout. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Um, I'm facing a problem. My daughter is eight years old and has ADHD. And my, um, I'm trying to see if this is, mm -mm 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 -mm. anyway, and my, we'll call, I'm trying to think if it's a boyfriend, fiance, or husband. I don't know. We're just going to say husband. Significant other. Significant other. There Thank we you. go. Okay. So my daughter, eight years old with ADHD, and my significant other son is 11. When they were, when they, anyway. So he treats my daughter, my significant other treats my daughter differently, and it's been a huge strain on our relationship. He wants us to treat his kids like guests. My daughters are with me most of the, like most of the time. Okay. So my daughter with ADHD can be quite rude and disrespectful to him, which also fuels the fire. My significant other doesn't hold his 11-year-old and 5-year-old to the same standards and he ex that he expects from my 8-year-old daughter with ADHD and my 6-year-old. My kids see that the, his kids are getting away with the same things. I feel like an 11-year-old should be held to the same, if not higher, standards than my 8-year-old. How do I help my daughter and my relationship? In the beginning, I let him step in and discipline because I thought I was just doing it all wrong. Since then, I have realized this was wrong. I guess letting him do the discipline, she realized was wrong. Okay. 
and we've since set boundaries around it. The problem is, is that we will set expectations and rules, but only my kids are held to that, not his, which, which frustrates me. He blames their inability to follow the rules on the other parent for not teaching them. These are simple rules like not eating in the living room. But when I'm not around, his kids break these rules because they deserve it. Because they're, he says, because they deserve it because they're, they're like entitled to it. Well, their behavior's gotten better, so they deserve this. Oh. I think he just wants to be the Disney dad, and it's not fair to my kids because they don't get that side of him. He holds my daughter's bad behavior against her by not going to sporting events and things like that, which in turn hurts me. I'm so lost in these issues, and I'd love some guidance on navigating them. So she says his kids are with us one night a week and every other weekend. Both have a different mom. Both moms are negative people that don't want their kids with my boyfriend. Oh, it's boyfriend. Sorry. Okay. He's done nothing wrong. They are just selfish people. Well. It's um, a lot. It's a lot. And uh, first thing I was thinking um, part, part way through this is do the other kids know? Is it her knowing or do the other kids know that? they get special treatment when she's not around like the she says that they know how do they know though because they're they're there all the time they see the different treatment oh 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 so they are okay that makes sense now her Sorry, kids my brain are with them uh, with, them with her quite often most, like, of, the most time, of the time his kids his are, are like one night a week and okay, every other so, weekend but it also like you said that um it's like when she wasn't around then the kids could eat in the living room or something so the yeah, kids like are around she, for that but she's gone yeah like if she's gone somewhere he'll let his kids break the rules what about the other kids do I the other kids know. get to break the rules i'm asking these are questions i'm asking the questions you're supposed to know these things i, I don't know we could get her on the phone <laughs> yeah so i'm wondering like in so it, it's one thing to do something like that like the disneyland dad thing where you're like okay well mom's not around so all the kids get to eat in the room and we're gonna build a fort and have a slumber party type of thing but it goes to all the kids but if it's just for his kids then there needs to be a discussion there it's one thing to to break a little bit of the rules to have fun with the kids and kind of you know just keep the morale up does that make sense you know it's like my kid's not allowed to eat at the dinner table with his hat on like it's one of those things that you know well that i'm like you will not have a hat or a hood on when you sit down at our dinner table um you know, but say we are, you're at Bible study one night and it's just him and I, and we sit down and we ordered a pizza, you know, and we're not necessarily sitting at the dinner table because I'd probably still tell him to do that because it's just dinner table etiquette in my mind. Um, but we're sitting, you know, on the couch, which also we don't really eat on the couch too often, you know, type of thing. Like we're not going to sit down and have dinner on the, but it's just a lax night. But your kids are there also. I'm not going to tell your kids, no, you can't be a part of this. You know, I feel like it's okay to break the rules every so often as a special treat. But I also feel like you might feel differently about that. No, I think that everyone needs to be rebellious. It's part of our human nature. Right. And it's it's okay as long as it's not hurting yourself or other people. Or setting up yeah, patterns. Or and being bad. rude right. or, you know... Um, but the thing that 
there's just a breakdown of all that. Like when I read this and she even mentions it sometimes in here, like it's this, if things don't change and this is how this, this blended family is going to choose to do life, it is going to be a giant deterioration of all relationships. Right. Right. Because right now in this email, I see a relationship. She asked, how do I help my daughter and my relationship? Because I have to imagine, right, that her daughter is really angry that mom allows this. Where at the end of the day, it's not even in mom's control, truthfully, right? You can't control how someone else behaves, but, right. But at some point, kids don't know that. Kids think right. parents are all powerful and... Have ESP. They all work together perfectly in unison, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so I can see that, you know, her her bio daughter is probably really angry that mom allows this, that mom doesn't step in and defend her, that that mom would be in this relationship even. I don't know where her head's at, but there's a deterioration of that relationship. So let's talk about that real quick. How do I help my daughter in my relationship? I think you get curious. I think you have to have conversations as well as you can and ask her what what is going on? What does she wish were different? Even if you can't make things different for her, letting her acknowledge what she wishes was different um, is a really big thing for a kid to feel heard, to feel understood. Even if you don't agree, you know, just feeling understood is very powerful and can shift things. So I think it's about spending some time alone with your kids. Um, there's nothing wrong with bio parents wanting to spend time alone with their own children. It's completely fine. You should, well, right? And the, the other thing is too, you know, maybe it's, maybe it stems off of this breaking the rules thing. Maybe the kids are involved in it. Maybe all the kids are involved in it, but stepdad's the only one who does this type of stuff. Well, maybe stepmom, the lady writing in, is like, you know what, without going too far out on a limb, maybe I find out something fun that they can do. Like, for instance, we were working on the office the other night, and I had um, I had my son and your son with me. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I played it off kind of as like, you know what's the cool thing about coming with us, you know, talking to your son? Every time we get to go do something like this, we always stop at 7-Eleven and we get we get fun drinks and candy, whatever you want. Like, we're going to have fun with this, you know? Something that we wouldn't normally do on a normal night. So we go in, you know, and and uh, he's like, well, you know, what What should I get? Like, you know, does it matter? Like, what? I'm like, dude, you get whatever you want. And he's kind of like, whoa, whoa. Like, this is out of the norm, right? It's not something that I just do with my son, but it's not, I made it fun for both of them, you know? And um, it's not something you're going to do all the time. You let them know this isn't something we're doing all the time. It's just a special occasion. We're going to have fun. You know, it's like going to the movies as a kid. Your parents will let you get popcorn and and pick out a candy and get a drink, you know. But it's not something that you normally do every single night. So at the end of the day, they're kind of like, whoa, this is a fun experience. It's different. You know, maybe this is out of the comfort zone of mom who's writing in and something that's more in the wheelhouse of, of stepdad. Um, but the kids notice that type of stuff and it's okay to, to get a, get a little relaxed every so often, but just because you're doing it doesn't mean that it has to be a pattern or an everyday thing, right? It can be all right to just be like, you know what, we're just going to get a little loose on this and we're going to have some fun tonight. And, um, stepdad's not with us. 
but you kids are going to go and you're going to you're going to pick out whatever candy you want tonight. You know, you better behave after this because I know you get wound up, you know, especially one of the kids having ADHD. And that's exactly what I told my kid. I mean, he doesn't have diagnosed ADHD, but the kid can get hyper. And I'm like, dude, you bounce off the walls like we're done. But, you know, you make it a treat for them. You you let them have fun with it. So mm-hmm. just a thought. Yeah. So I think that um, how she fixes her relationship with her daughter or tries to, in, I think that is just trying to figure out a way for her daughter to express her feelings. So if that's drawing, painting, exercising, um, talking to you, seeing a counselor, whatever will help her be able to express herself and feel heard and understood is really important. And she may, depending on the severity of her ADHD, she might not be able to sit for very long and have long conversations. So maybe you guys walk and talk or talk over an activity. Um, and it is something that, you know, it's a, it's ADHD takes in a tremendous amount of patience and grace. And so, um, it's something that not every, not everybody is cut out to deal with quite honestly. And I think that, uh, a big deterioration in relationships here obviously is between you and your boyfriend. And it's a good thing you're not married yet because this is something you really need to take into consideration if you want to deal with this the rest of your life. Because if he's already, you know, punishing you and your daughter by not going to a sporting event, which I feel like that's one of the things when you're a step parent, you show up. Like, it's whether you your, it's want to. when you're to, on your best behavior is, is before, <laughs> you know what I mean? Before the marriage. Yeah. Yeah, so it is a little bit of a red flag that he's trying, you know, that his reaction to this, I think the only thing that helps there is just communication. Yes. So you need to communicate with your boyfriend that this hurts you. You need to ask him what needs to be different for you to be okay. Because if what you, if there's something that you can control or change or do differently or set up differently in your house, cool then maybe it's just a little thing like that that you can shift. However, you know, if he's like the only way I'll ever be happy and accept her is if she's magically cured of ADHD, then not your person because that's not something you can just wish away. Well, and it's only going to get worse before it gets better. How old is she right now? Eight. Eight? It's only going to get worse before. Um, Or is it five? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm confused. We... There's so many ages. Either way, she's young. It's only going to get worse before it gets better, right? Yeah, her daughter's eight. Okay, yes. So you still have what happens when she's a preteen and starts getting the attitude with this. Mm -hmm. And then she becomes a teenager and she start the hormones start going. And um, I mean. On top of it. On top of it. But you know what? Here's the other thing, too. People get so down on ADHD. It doesn't have to be such a negative thing you can have the kids just have a lot more energy you can have a lot of fun with that energy if you know how to be proactive with it and like you said channel the energy to doing the right things mm-hmm. and just and working help with if it it's necessary that's it but it doesn't always adhd doesn't have to be a, a bad thing just like um there uh, kids are 
made so differently these days. I mean, the kids have always been made differently, but kids are just so different. The activities are different. The sports are different. The way yeah. they socialize yeah. and all the activity and entertainment right. that every single kid is different. Figure out how to work with it, you know? And maybe your boyfriend just needs to be educated on kids with ADHD and how to parent kids with ADHD. Because I, I can guarantee you there's tons of books out there on this. And maybe you need to be educated as well. I don't know how much you know or how severe of a situation it is in your daughter's life. But I think that it could just be you guys, um, you know, maybe read a book together or you know, explore together solutions and how to go see a specialist on it. And yeah. I feel like, like a lot of our educated, a lot of our listeners have talked about their kids or their significant others, kids having ADHD. Yep. It's not a new thing. It's not, yeah, it's, it's something that's been around for a long time. If you are one of those listeners and you're, you're listening to us right now or watching us and you have a special tip or trick or a book, you mentioned a book, um, yeah, which helps. you love to read, mm-hmm. please write in and let us know what you have found that helps or any of your tips and tricks because yeah. it is something that I feel like a lot more people struggle with than than we even realize. I feel like it's something that is so common. Um, I don't remember as many kids having issues when I was young as I do kids having ADHD. I uh, Probably... Five out of ten kids in each thirty kid class that I was in yep. growing up, five out of five out of those thirty kids mm-hmm. had ADHD. Well, it, and it's interesting because it runs in my family. So I have family members who have struggled with it their whole lives, and mm. they found that one of my family members who had it, who struggled with it, um, growing up, she once she was diagnosed, she was put on meds and. They tried that for a little bit, and they figured they, they she didn't love it. They didn't love it for her. So what they would do is they found the right, like they, they experimented a little bit. So she took meds during school days, and then weekends she wasn't on meds. So she could she focus did, so down just at school. So she could focus at school right. and okay. do homework. But then during okay. the summers and during when she wasn't in school and there wasn't a need to sit in a sit and focus. <laughs> she was free as a bird. Yeah, she didn't have to take her meds. Which and is fun. so and that was that worked for them. Well, you it know? also doesn't so. get a kid dependent on stuff. I feel like, you know, look at um I mean it's going so going so far in the outfield with it, but look at the opioid crisis in in the United States today. A lot of that starts out very harmless because you just had a surgery, you just had um you had something that needs to deal with the pain, but people become dependent on it they become um numb to it and eventually become addicted to it right where i'm not saying that's going to help with the adhd type of thing but the kids are going to get just used to that and used to the feeling to where as they get older and their bodies change um again i'm not a professional on this i'm just speculating right now this is just a thought um they're going to just get used to feeling a certain way. And then as they become older and it doesn't hit them the same way or they've been on it and they don't have their meds, now all of a sudden they just don't feel right because they're used to feeling a certain way. So I like that, just giving it to them on uh, school days, during school time, before school, and then the weekends and holidays and summer, you're just like, 
go out and be your hyper fun loving self, you know? Yeah. And I think that every child's different. Every case is different. Every severity is different. And you have to figure out what you're comfortable with, what's great for the child. Find doctors that you really trust and like and um, and there's shouldn't, I mean, there shouldn't be judgment around it. It's what's best for your child. Um, and you really need to support having kids that need extra help, whether it's, you know, disabilities or mental illness or, um, you know, they're on the spectrum, however great or not, or ADD or ADHD. When you have a child who needs something a little extra to not have a partner, that's willing to partner with you and support you and come alongside you in that journey is a unnecessary battle that I wouldn't choose for you, myself, or anyone. So I think it's maybe time to have a coming to Jesus talk with your boyfriend and just say, you know, how can we fix things? What do you need to make things better? This, I'm not okay with it because differential treatment in the home for all the kids, I don't feel is right, in my opinion. I mean, not everything's perfect and equal for sure, but the kids should all be treated with the same level of respect. You know, the kids should all be felt like they're shown up for. Every kid should walk in that house and feel loved. Yeah. You know, or at least like, you know, it isn't, one kid shouldn't get disciplined and the other kid doesn't. Like that's, that's creating division amongst the ranks. And if that's your partner and that's how he's showing up for life, um, that's, that's a, that's a hard road to sign up for. And so I think you have to let him know where you stand. You have to let him know your expectations so that he can either choose to rise up to meet them. You can compromise or he can say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. It's out of my limitations, and then you can decide accordingly what's best for your daughters. Because right now, not being married, right, your number one job is the safety and protection of your girls. So if you don't feel like he's a partner that's going to promote that, I would say that's maybe something revisiting in your relationship. But you have to talk about it. You have to voice your concerns, be super honest and not attacking, right? We don't do confrontation by starting off with an attack statement. We do confrontation by showing each other our hearts and being genuine and calm and just trying to get our point across, you know, as as non-threatening and aggressive as possible. Well said. Okay. Gosh, you're like a true life coach. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, going on. How, okay, looking for advice to on how to deal with being an outcast to my significant other's family. I'm always being told I need a thick skin when it comes to comments from his ex, his kids, and his family. I've been threatened by his ex's family, yet, every, yet everyone seems to side with his ex and her family and their emotions, but there's never any consideration for our feelings. Earlier today, my significant other's mother made a post calling the ex her daughter-in-law still. Mm. It's taking all my willpower not to comment or say anything to her. Yeah, that, I mean, when you say outcast, that's like, that's exactly how you feel at that point. You feel like, yeah, 
you feel like you're the third wheel in this family relationship, which where well, I mean, what a terrible place to be in. <laughs> you know, I feel like you got a lot to say about this one. I do. Yeah, I feel like you do. Oh, not not for any reason other than like. This is like I, I feel bad for this woman. Mm. Boundaries. So if you're feeling this way. You know, I think it's appropriate for your significant other to have a talk with people. I mean, if this was happening and you right. were, if you were being, if this situation were reversed and you were the outcast yeah, and it was my family and my, I mean, your ex, you can't control, but if you have a, I would have a talk with my parents and just let them know that this was hurtful and damaging my relationship and wasn't appreciated. Could you please just... Yeah, you the, know the the spouse spouse I'm assuming significant other okay well I don't know the significant other in this relationship is the one this the one who wrote in she's in a she's in a tough place there's not a lot that she can do because everyone is doing this around her she probably feels like a victim <laughs> because she is a victim she's a victim to what everyone is doing around her and like truly like poor thing here like this is not yeah this is not something she's creating or a problem that is her fault or it's literally everyone else. She needs to have a conversation with her significant other and let them know how this is making you feel because this is not okay. And others need to change their behavior and what they're doing Mm -hmm. in order to make things right for, for not only you, but for your entire situation. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult because I know, Like my first marriage, my mom and my husband were very close. Like she really thought of him as a son. And I know we've talked about this, like I think it's podcast four or whatever. She was on here talking about this. And when him and I didn't work out, um, it was hard for her. It was very hard for her because she felt like she was losing a son and just because our marriage didn't work, you know, it was hard. She was like, Am I, she, I'm just expected now to hate him. Right. And that was a hard, you know. And so I think you have to respect people's relationships that they have their own. Like in-laws and exes might have their own. They might love each other regardless of divorce. And I think that that's okay. But I think there's boundaries around that. Right. So maybe if you can't control if your mother-in-law and the ex-wife have a relationship. That's between them. Yes, that sucks, but whatever. We're adults. Like, people get to choose who they're friends with. Right. So, you know, there's not much you can do about that. But if it is disrespectful or dishonoring you feel on Facebook for you for you to be, for it to still be she's your daughter-in-law. Yeah, that's a... I mean, I would either stop following my mother-in-law... Because I wouldn't want to see that. Well, I would have the conversation first. I'd have the conversation first. Don't just, I mean, give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it just came out that way. Maybe she doesn't realize what she's doing. That's it. You know, don't just be like, I'm cutting that chick off and we're done. And Well, no, but I'm also like, if something's hurting you, stop putting your hand on the fire. Right. Like, if you put your hand on the fire and you keep getting burnt, eventually you're like, okay. You know, maybe I stop looking at this. Maybe I remove this from my sight just because 
I don't want to be angry. I but, don't want to exist as an angry person. I don't want to be bitter about it. If I don't see it, I have nothing to be bitter about. But right? try putting that fire out first. You know, try having the conversation. Talk with your your spouse or your significant other. And, you know, maybe you need to have a talk with your, I, I guess, if it's her in-law or maybe it's not her in-law. But, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. the other thing is, is there kids involved here? You know, it sounds like it because... The this ex's is bl- family is involved. Well, and it's blended family. Yeah, exactly. And it's this is just blended family to begin with. But maybe she looks at, you know, the, they're still her grandkids. They're still they're still her um, significant other's grandkids or parents' grand. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, maybe she still does see it as. Um, this is my grandkid's mom. Uh, yeah. But, you know, so she just, for lack of a better term, calls her her daughter-in-law or whatever, you know, it's just old people do funny things. I'm saying <laughs> I can only attest to that. Cause I'm becoming an old person quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, not as quick as you, but so advice on how to <laughs> deal with it. I think it's everything. I think there is some wisdom in growing thick skin and just letting things roll off your back. That isn't for other people. That's for you, right? That's so you don't get hurt. So you just learn to let things go. It's not to benefit them. That really is advice for you because you can't control other people. So if you're, but I do think it's appropriate to let your significant other talk to his family, you know, certainly let them know that it's dis, it's, it's dishonoring. It's, it's not in good taste and it hurts your feelings and if you're married then that is the relationship that should be honored first and foremost right that is the relationship that needs to be protected and nurtured above all else the ex is not family like it's you know it's not like you're doing holidays together and if you are and you knew that beforehand and you signed up for that, that's kind of a little bit of a different story. I'm interested to know how the ex's family is threatening you and how you're letting that happen. Or how they're even in contact with one another. I am curious about that because the ex, you can, you don't need to have contact with your spouse's ex. Like truly. Not at all. Like we talked about at the beginning of this segment. You have no say. They have no say in you. You know, like, if it's a if it's if it's a good relationship, awesome. If it's a toxic one, why bother? Yeah. It's not like you're gonna change things. So, and the and the ex's family, like why? I'm just curious, like why? If you can cut those dead branches off and prune them from your live tree, you know, <laughs> do it. Like why are why are they in your life? And it, I, I mean, I'm sure there's always reasons why you can't. Everyone always has a reason why they can't. There's always, but is it a real reason? Well, here's the thing: you have to is is keeping them around or in your social media feed or in your phone. Is it worth is it worth the price of admission? Right? Like, is that worth the price of your mental health? Is it worth the price of peace? I don't know. The only you can answer that. But I would start figuring out how you can prune away dead leaves, right? And the people that, you know, you can't prune because they're in-laws, then I think you give them the opportunity at the very least to fix it. And if that's been done, say that they're aware and they keep doing it, at that time, I would be like unfollowing on social media. I wouldn't want to see that. 
And I think that nobody can fault you for that. Like if it's been addressed and mother-in-law is like, I'm going to do me. Cool. I'm going to do me. Bye. Yeah. Let's not do it together. <laughs> well, it's just what you, you don't need to see things, right. you know? Right. And she can. She has every right to be friend. You can't control who people love, who people are friends with, who people connect with, nor would you want to be. Everyone's an adult, you know? So if that's and, and her. And what are you getting out of this by having them? Well, I'm just going to the social media thing. I mean, a lot of times, like, if you guys aren't getting along anyways, there's just nothing fruitful of this relationship or this connection. Yeah. So get rid of it because it's toxic, you know, just yeah. cut, delete block phone numbers how would whatever. you do family th- okay like let's take this a step further okay say your mom my mama decided that she was inviting your ex to thanksgiving mm-hmm. because she felt sorry for her or whatever it was and <laughs> well, said, this sounds like something my mom would do <laughs> i know i was saying this i'm like oh fuck we're probably gonna deal with this <laughs> there now. it is you guys oh, um, I beep you out. but anyway like you know and <laughs> I mean, would I be expected to have to go? No, but I think that's a conversation that, you know what? My mom's a big girl. You're a big girl. I'm a big boy. And if that's a situation. Like if I don't want to spend my Thanksgiving like that, I shouldn't have to, right? No, but I should honor that as your husband or your significant other. Now, if my my mom's going to go ahead and do something like that. Yeah. You're not comfortable with it. At the end of the day, I'm probably not comfortable with it, you know? Um, like, I just don't want to. No, of course. No, of course. Um, but so so you bring that to me and you're like, look, I'm not like I'm not comfortable with that. Say I say I am comfortable with it. But oh. You're not comfortable with it. My job as your spouse or your significant other, wherever we are in our journey of life together <laughs> is to honor you is to be like, you know what? I hear that you are not comfortable with that. I'm going to I don't have to go tell my mom. I don't have to turn this into a giant problem because I feel like a lot of uh, more more so sons than daughters. I feel like sons have a really hard time saying no to their mom. You know, being like, "Mom, not my son." This is, <laughs> dude. Can I have that child? What the fuck? I what? can't beep you out right now. Sorry. I got our old thing. Uh, anyways, <laughs> sorry, you guys. Sorry, some, just some sons, not my son. Yeah, okay. um, and not your son either. No, it doesn't our sons have... are not these sons. <laughs> not mom. They're not mama's boys. Um, okay. Let me finish my sentence. (laughs) So angry now. Yeah. A lot of times sons have, not our sons have a a hard time (laughs) saying no to their moms. Uh, And if that's the case, you don't have to say no to them. You don't have to tell your mom what to do. We simply can take ourselves and by ours, I mean me and you out of the situation. I don't have to tell my mom that, look, you're making a bad decision. That's my ex. You can tell her all the reasons, but you don't have to go and tell her she can't invite her over. What you can do is flip the script and be like, look, mom, I respect that you're you're a full-grown lady. You, do, you make your own decisions, but I don't agree with your decisions. And you do you, we're going to do us. And let her make that decision. If she's deciding to have her over and that makes you uncomfortable, Take yourself out of it. And at the end of the day, if she's happier having your ex around, well, you know where you stand in that relationship, right? But she also might go, dang it. I really want to spend Thanksgiving with my child and my grandchildren. And it, I, yeah, I feel bad for this 
ex of his. But at the end of the day, where does your loyalty lie? Where does your loyalty? And then that just might hit her smack mm-hmm. dab in, in between the eyes. And, and you didn't have to fight with her. You didn't have to create problems. Yeah. You let her make her own decisions that she is then going to deal with however they affect her and yeah. might affect you. Yeah. Just my thought. You don't have to create major problems and turn this into a big family feud. Let your mom make her own decisions and let her live with her own choices. Yeah. And that does, I mean, but the the reality is that does create issues because it's like gets turned back around. Why can't you just, why it does, can't you just? It does, but if you didn't come at her and yell at her and, and tell her that her decisions were wrong, mm-hmm. you let her decide them all on her own. She has no leg, she has no leg to stand on. Your mom is now a pirate and you just kicked out her peg leg. So. Yeah, I think that we all are adults and have a right to share space with who we want to share space with and not. And everyone can make their own choices. That's it. So, all right, last question. In need of some advice, I've been married for seven years and my husband has full custody of his daughter. We have struggled with her behavior and lack of motivation and how she's parented. She is 17 and graduating next month. She will be 18 in September. She has no plans for, an, for after high school. She was working five hours a week, but recently quit because she didn't like it and has no desire to find anything else, even though she graduates in a few weeks. She doesn't drive, and we've paid for driver's ed classes, but it's like pulling teeth to take her to, get, take her to the class. Her mother feels that she is a kid and just let her be a kid. My husband feels like he is too hard on her because he gets on her because he knows I'm upset with her behavior and actions. When he says that, I feel like the blame is being put on me. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So what needs to happen is start laying down guide rules the day she turns 18. Start working on them now. You got a few weeks, it sounds like. Start laying down the guidelines. Start making life a little uncomfortable without making them uncomfortable. Without, you know what I mean? But that only works if he agrees. If Bio Dad doesn't agree, if Bio Dad doesn't agree, then you guys have a whole. He doesn't want to be hard on her. Then they've got a whole other set of problems because (laughs) what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a a 32 year old living in your house, mooching off you. And maybe they want that. Probably not. Doesn't sound like this lady wants that. Well, she's a stepmom. Right. Of course she doesn't want that. Of course none of us want that. <laughs> none of the step parents so, want their kids forever. So there. get creative though. If if, just if your husband will get on board with you, get creative. One way, just real quick while you're talking about this, that came to mind. What do all kids need these days? They need cell phones, they need internet, they need their social media, all that. One way you can do it is needs. Needs. Get a um get us Get a Wi-Fi unit. Um, Ubiquity makes one. We use it. Um, it has an app for your Wi-Fi. A little pricey. They're 350 bucks for your Wi-Fi unit. But by running it that way, a kid's in trouble. You go on your app and you can turn off any their of device. their... You can turn off their devices. And you can take them from that, you know. Um, I'm guessing without her having a job and her still living at home and sounding not very responsible, you guys probably pay her cell phone bill. And all that, you know, you start taking that stuff away. Make her pay for these things as she is an adult, as she's 18. Stop taking her places. If it's not to a job, then it doesn't matter to me. 
and we're not going to take the time to take you places. Um, just because you are a stepmom and dad doesn't want to get on board doesn't mean you now have to be a full-fledged step-parent. If it just is not working, dad won't get on board, stop. They've like, been married seven years. And that's a long time. But you know what? If they can't figure it out and they can't have the hard conversations and make this work out at this mm-hmm. point, don't rearrange your day to get out of work to take her to her friend's house because at the end of the day, that is just enabling this 18-year-old to become a 32-year-old mooching off you for the rest of her life. And you need to start setting boundaries within yourself even if BioDad won't. Yeah, and I think that's I think it's hard when it's super hard when you're not on the same page and you have no power. Like we've been talking about all night, step parenting, a thankless job, no power. And it's, it's kind of like if your husband's going to allow it, I mean, if you can afford it, right, if you're not struggling to get groceries every week or whatever, and step-parent or bio-parents are fully enabling this child, then that's what's going to happen. If regardless of, here's my point, regardless of what you as a stepmom want or feel is right, it doesn't matter because if bio dad allows it in the house, it is what will continue no matter how much you yell, scream, pout, distance yourself, disconnect. It doesn't matter what you do. If bio dad allows this behavior and doesn't correct it, it is what will continue. So then you have to decide, well, how do I live with this now? Because I'm assuming you're not leaving your marriage. So if you're not leaving your marriage and this is how it's going to be. So I wouldn't recommend you to. This isn't a marriage breaking issue. This is an issue that affects your whole family. Yeah. But at some point, if you have a 32 year old person living at home still, it might affect your marriage. At that point, it's going to. Well, because here's the thing. It's not that you're going to leave because of it, but you start to see your spouse differently. You start to lose respect for your spouse. You start to see your spouse in a different light. You start to see your spouse not caring about your needs or your wants. And so it's much more than you just done. Like it doesn't happen like that. But what does happen is that if you're being dishonored, especially with another adult in your house and it's not a minor anymore, it does tend to cause a breakdown in the marriage because when you start to lose respect for anyone in any relationship, it's hard to come back from that. Right. You know, you don't want to be intimate. You don't want to be connected. You don't want to spend time. You don't want to do the work like you have no respect for that. And then what grows? Bitterness, resentment, you know, and you don't even want to come home anymore because you don't want to come home to a husband you don't respect. You don't want to come home to a stepchild who's an adult and absolutely not contributing in any way. Who wants to come home to a house like that? Nobody would. No, but you need to start having those conversations now. She needs to start combating this with ideas. And like I said, if no one else is doing anything in the family, you need to be the one that starts putting your foot down. Doesn't mean that you need to be harsh and and rude and I just don't think that's gonna work. You don't? No, because I don't think the stepchild's gonna care. If dad allows it, it's gonna continue regardless of what stepmom does. Well, stepmom can start, you know, I'm sure she goes to the grocery store. She gets things that stepdaughter want. Well, the day she turns 18, I'm going to stop buying that stuff. I'm going to stop buying the cereal that she wants. Mm-hmm. Start taking little perks away that you realize that you do 
and but realize that you do it. Don't let it turn into a bitterness. And what if that causes problems in her marriage because Again, her husband her, is like? Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Marriages are only good as are only as good as your communication. If you, oh man, we're fucked. <laughs> it's always <done. laughs> it's it's the hardest. Okay, it's guys, the hardest, I'm packing up. Yeah, it's the hardest part of a relationship, you guys. But you need to start talking about it now. If I mean, maybe this is a deal breaker and there is no hope, but if you don't address it and you don't start the conversation, there is no hope. So start the conversation, start letting them know and doing the little things that you can to start preparing for this. Because if no one does anything and we just live because that's just the way it is, well, yeah, that's just the way it is. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, you're right. So it's, it's, I don't know. No. And, you know, maybe give it till they're 18. She is still 17. Maybe 18 will come. Everyone gets sick of it. So also give it grace. Give it time. Be patient. She is still a minor. That's a fact. You know, I think when, when people turn 18 and graduate high school, a new chapter begins. Until that, some parents do find it really hard to, like, graduating high school would be is very hard for parents. So... It could be that they're holding on to that last little drop of childhood before it's such a finality when kids graduate high school, right? It is, it's a hard pill to swallow and it's a hard thing to accept. And maybe you just need to also have some grace for the bio parents that it's a milestone that they may not be ready for that might make them sad. That's really scary for them. You know, it must not feel good as a bio parent either to have a child who has no direction or no motivation. And so they're probably already feeling that pressure because they wish things were different, you know, and the added pressure of you stepping in and being hard on it and hounding it when it's already something in the back of their minds may not be helpful and may add to the stress of it and may shut people down Well, like if, on the flip side of it. So yeah. And if the kid just has no direction and no goals or anything, Maybe you said it as like, I mean, okay, 18's here. We should have started this conversation a long time ago. But maybe we have a 21 goal, you know, or a 20 goal. By the time they're 20, by the time they're 21 max, I wouldn't say go any further than that. By the time they are this age, they need to be on their own out. And, you know, this this mm-hmm. is just your goal. And um, just a, it makes me think of this, you know, my kid was fighting me the other day, not wanting to do schoolwork and didn't care about schoolwork and kind of falls hand in hand with this. I yelled at him. I said, you know what? Listen, if you fail school and you can't finish high school, the day you turn 18, the only present you're going to get is an eviction notice. If you can't put in enough effort with everything that we do for you and give you, and you can't at least get through high school, like... 18 years old, like done, you know what I mean? And you, you, you kind of embed that in them. Like, so they, it doesn't mean that they hit 18 and all of a sudden, boom, they're just off on their feet running. You got to get them, get them going. You got to get them motivated. You got to get those baby steps. You got to get the stick, the skills started and the schooling started. You know, it doesn't just magically on your 18th birthday, everything changes. So, um, just something to think about you guys, just get them, get them going now. So, yeah. And, um, we had someone just write in saying that it, he says, I agree. I put my foot down on my daughter when she disrespected my wife, took her eight years to mouth off. But when it happened, I stopped it. Good. Yeah, now good my daughter thinks I choose my wife over her. You now. do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You are the child. 
I am the parent. She is the parent. Well, and uh, when to- you marry your spouse, whether it's blended or not, you you marry your spouse. Like you're you're not married to your kids. Right. Your kids are not going to do life with you for the rest of their life, right? They're going to grow up, move on, get a family of their own, live their own lives, make their own choices, have their own jobs, right? They're not doing life with you. And that is the hope, right? Like we're raising kids to release them out into the world. Yeah, you still have a great relationship with them. But But at the end of the day, you're the parent. You are the parents. Like, yes, it doesn't. I I get this all the time. Like, oh, you just like her more than me. You don't like me. Like, well, that's not the case. That's the way you feel. But at the end of the day, I am the parent. This is this is the way it is. Sorry, bud. Yeah, but you do like your spouse comes first and you protect your marriage. We talk about this all the time. Oh, (laughs) you protect your marriage over every relationship in your family because without the marriage the blended family ceases to exist you know then you're just roommates and if you want to go live with your child and not have a spouse do that but don't get married right and you're teaching your children to put spouses first because when your child gets married someday that will serve them well in their own marriage right they're going to have a marriage that they're going to need to put their spouse first so that it lasts. But how do they learn that? Right? Through example. Lead and by so example. it may not serve them. And and yes, kids are kids are bratty and kids say things to try to shock, hurt, whatever. Like kids just say things because I know nothing about that. Yeah. And they're kids. Like they have feelings, you know, I have irrational feelings as an adult all the time, but it's well, like I'm Um, but at the end of the day, the right thing is to put your spouse first, to put your marriage first. It is in the best interest of the kids and kids can't see that, right? They've never been married. They're kids. They have no idea about relationships yet. No, it's our job. They're kids. Yeah. And it's our job as parents and leaders of our family to lead them into knowing how and what to do. Yep. And who wouldn't want, I mean, kids always want to be the center of everyone's world. To be expected, they're children. We're all children at heart. You are. Anyways. Okay. Goodbye. All right. Well, okay. We're just going to drop you guys off like that. Boom. Getting you guys. We'll see um, you sometime in the future. Right. So next week, not on the following week. We're coming at you guys big. We're coming at you from a whole new studio. It's going to be fun. I'm actually really excited to see how it goes or... It'll it'll be good. It's going to be a good one. So connect with good. us on social media. Um, at, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, there's we got a lot going on. So connect with us and uh, wish us luck. Hopefully we make it. I'm like we have so much to do. I don't. I'm so exhausted. I know. I I, I have to go work on it tonight. I think. Bye. I got a lot of stuff to do. Anyways, you guys, thanks for being here with us. We are the Blended Life. We're gonna see you guys real soon. I'm excited. See you in two weeks. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.